This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 271, Alliance Mode. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I just realized something. What? Have I been yelling like aggressively every episode title for like the last hundred episodes? Yeah. Because yeah, you have. I think I have done that. I think I've literally done that every week for mm-hmm. like at this point, probably over a hundred weeks. Mm-hmm. I've done the same exact yeah tenor, <laughs> same twang. Just yeah, it's like. When did this show, Matt, let me ask you something. When did this show become a show about yelling? Yeah. What made you so angry, Hunter? Who hurt you? What made you? you so angry, Matt? Clearly. Oh, well, Clearly, I mean, every the two of us. The whole, just like all of it. All you know? of it made you angry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know me, the, here's the thing, Matt. And, mm-hmm. and I, let's, I, pardon me. But I just want to share a little bit about myself you're, here you're on the pardoned. show. You're pardoned. I, 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 pardon me. I am some sort of. Uh, I, I, I'm a bouncer. I, uh-huh. you, things bounce <laughs> off of me. Someone throws an energy at me, an emotion mm. at me, mm. and I project it back. Mm. You know. So I feel a vibe in mm. the. I'm like a dog. I'm like a weird <laughs> dog in your house. It's like if I feel a vibe, I react to the vibe. Yeah, you know, right. and I I right. become the vibe. Right, you know what the I'm saying. The words don't matter. The vibe is all that counts. Yeah, yeah. So I have felt for about a hundred episodes now a vibe. Yeah, of yelling. Right, of aggression, of raw energy. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like maybe Today. this week a new tone is being set. Yeah. Yeah. Let's it's just November. chill. Hey, it's November. Hey, it's fall, it's y'all. It's fall, y'all. Let's just chill a little bit and cozy up, snuggle up with us by the fire, uh, and let's talk about alliance mode. Do you want to do that? But first, you know what else I want to tell you about? Yeah. Do, do you know? Can you predict I it? I actually do know. You're, you do come know. Come on. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> hey, no, it's do November, it. yeah, which means it's one of the two months well, you can hold, sign no, up. No, no. Stop, oh, stop, oh, stop. Oh, what sorry, are you doing? Sorry. Oh, my God. Doing? I'm going to get hyped. Uh, sorry, no, 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 no. Hey, I'm start yelling. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Blow it down. I just wanted All to let it down. you know that it's November. Last month was October. If you are a Patreon right now. If I'm, you are a Patreon. If you are a Patreoner. Remember when we called them Patreoners and people were like, that's not what that word is. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> We've retired that term. Yeah. And then you just tried to bring just it back it up. Again. It's been a hundred episodes yeah. since we've said Patreoner. Yeah. All right, Matt. We gained a whole new audience in that time. Yeah. These people don't even know what you're talking That's about. That's fine. You're all, if you want to be a Patreoner of us. Uh, I think if you want to be a Patreon, mm-hmm. I, I like that better. If you want to be, be a Patreon. Uh, now is the month to do it because if you do so in November, you sign up at our Galactic Council level or higher, you will receive an email in December that is an invitation to the Space Cats Peace Turtles 2023 Patreon Tournament. 
So if you would like to compete in the qualifiers or somehow perhaps be fast enough to receive an invitation to the prelims via a buy round, yeah. you want to get your patronage ready last month or this month and then check your email in early December. Yeah. We'll have specific dates for that yeah. later too, by the way. Like what, the, the week before that email comes out, I will give you like the exact time and second it will come out. Yeah. And also yeah. the other thing I've said I'm going to do is like, let you know exactly what's on the invite form uh, before it goes out so that you have all of your responses ready and you can have read the form before record before you have to put it down so that you aren't in a rush to put everything because guess what we're chill here and we just want everyone to be able to compete right, in any way right. they can and there's no rush everything's gonna be just fine listen just because it's a first come first serve by round to the prelims meaning that you have a lot better chance of going all the way to the finals winning all of it doesn't mean you should be in a rush right you should everyone should just go really slow the qualifiers are more fun so yeah you should want to compete in the qualifiers and i'll say this much too not to give any sort of points away for the invitational tournaments but i mean Playing in the qualifiers don't hurt your chances, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it 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 definitely the more data I have to go off of, mm -hmm. the more data I have to go off of. You know what I mean? <laughs> not gonna not trying to overplay my hand here, but data is data. Data and is data. You played a game, you played a game. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. That's all that matters. Okay, hey, what's up, everybody? Nope, stop, stop. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm just Stay transitioning. Stay in it with me. I'm Stay in, in it with me. Stop. You're trying to. You're trying to pop off right now. You're trying to be like, all right. So here's what the episode is about you're today. Right. Yeah. No. You're no. Right. Okay. Just, okay. Okay. Just. Stay on my team. Hunter, Stay on the team with all of us right now. Do you want to talk about alliance mode with me? Okay. Let's. <laughs> Do talk about that, okay. I think, would be, I think that would be all right if we did talk about that. <laughs> okay. We played, uh, we played some Alliance Mode. Uh, we played Alliance Mode once before, we should say, although we did not finish the game uh, that we played as a charity stream. You can find it on our YouTube. Uh, it is with uh, four wonderful guests that uh, joined us and they teamed up against us. Hunter and I were on a team for our first ever alliance mode, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it was uh, it was very long, and we had to cut it short. And we let basically, I think it was a oh, it was almost a tied victory between everybody that wasn't Hunter and I, but actually yeah. one team, uh, the Brain in a Jar and Phantom Meeple team, did end up winning out in the in the end of that game. But that was our first uh, bat with alliance mode. But it, this is a Galactic Council episode. Y'all voted for us to do a bit more alliance mode. And so that's what we've done for you. And uh, we have our findings for you on what we what we think and know mm -hmm. about alliance mm -hmm. mode. And the first thing fitting with this week's energy level is that I want to encourage people, if you have ideas of jumping into an alliance mode game, um, I encourage you to keep it casual, Alliance Mode is not inherently a casual format, but uh, the rules are a single page of Codex 2. Right. right. It's been out for a while. A single wow. page in Codex 2 is all of the rules of Alliance Mode, and they are not uh, in-depth. Mm -hmm. Dane, Dane did not 
try to create an entire board game in creating alliance mode. He just sort of right. like made a fun little variant mode for you to try out. And you could try hard to win it, but I don't think the rules support your desire to do that because there are going to be many rules questions that come up and there's not answers to those rules, which means you mm -hmm. have to go into it with sort of an energy level of, I don't know, what do we want it to look like? What do we want right. the answer to this rules question to be? How do we feel about it and be prepared to to negotiate terms with the other people you're playing with? Yeah, I would say that one of the things about Alliance game that is interesting as far as balance goes is it sort of takes the like Hunter's Law aspect of Twilight Imperium of like the earlier you start with an advantage, the better it is. Yeah. Um, and kind of turns that up all the way to 11. Right. So there are certain alliances between various factions that result in wildly different yeah. outcomes um, versus like some others, uh, depending on, I would say, especially if the alliance provides some sort of ongoing economic benefit, right. that can be quite potent, especially because a lot of the, a lot of the game is balanced around what can this faction do in round one? Right. What can they do in round two? And how does that kind of, you know, in, in a game of Twilight Imperium, a lot of what you're trying to do is unlock the potential of your faction yep. to be kind of overpowered in the late game. I feel like Alliance Mode sort of says, all right, through cooperation, let's just go ahead and unlock a lot of that already right. if the Alliance is good. Now, it's not always, you right. know, not every commander is worthwhile in that way. We haven't even talked about the rules. Yeah, yet, yeah, yeah. But we and, should. And, and we're we're about to. I I was gonna say the other thing for me is in that respect, alliance to me almost feels like Frankendraft. And Fra Frankendraft was a very very popular mode in base game that people were doing to freshen up the game and make things crazy. And all the components get shuffled in the bags, and then you just create like a whole new crazy super powered faction out of all right. of the disparate components. The draft and is the best part. The, the draft is the best part. part and then everyone, and then sad. like one faction goes into round one with obviously all of the best stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, that one's going to just win this game. We can see right. the writing on the wall already. And alliance mode feels a little bit like that. You, you get two factions and then uh, suddenly everyone realizes, oh, that combo over there is going to crush us under its yeah. thumb. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. I think it makes for a very fun round one and round two to play. And then you have to play the rest of the game. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And uh, that's maybe the hard part of Alliance mode. Yeah, I would say you just have a lot more wiggle room in Alliance and the the kind of space risk aspect of the game can really get turned up to 11 and you can be a lot more effective in that because you have a buddy yep. and you just have some support that the game was not balanced around you having. But, but Matthew, yeah. tell us what the rules are. I don't yes. know the rules of this game. I, yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. this game, so I don't know the rules. <laughs> you don't like it, so you How never How many times have I said that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's go over them quickly. It's a single-page document, like we said, and I'm just going to sort of summarize the, the gist of the rules so you have an understanding of like what goes into this game mode. The first thing that I'll actually lead with is the last thing that the uh, thing tells you, which is within your ally. So you, you are playing with a second player. The two of you uh, work together to win the game. And your goal to winning that game is for one of you to have 14 points and the other of you to have 10 points. Right. That is right. the that is the right. end all be all, which means you're playing a 14 point game of Twilight Imperium. 
Alliance mode is inherently 14 points, which means it's going to be a long game. This is long. Right. <laughs> uh, right. There is some argument to like the idea that two factions working together, there being like less total teams means the game could go faster. That has not been my experience at all. In fact, the crazy combos that you have access to are so complicated to like figure out that you very often think for a long time about how to like there's plenty of analysis paralysis there's plenty of really weird plotting and things that you have to do i don't think the game goes any faster because of having an ally no absolutely not um in fact yeah i think because of people's lack of um time spent with alliance mm -hmm. mode i mean nobody's playing alliance mode every week i mean right. if you are you please write and tell us that you are yeah um but for, for the most part a lot of the people we play with are not playing it every week which means they're not used to having all the options that they have, mm -hmm. which means it might take, you know, them longer to figure out what, uh, you know, what they want to do with yeah. those options. So uh, here's the rest of the rules to, to kind of get through them really quickly. We'll comment on a few of them as, as we go. The first thing uh, and most important thing that Hunter referred to a bit ago is you don't have your alliance promissory note. Uh, the Codex 2 came with a set of ally reference cards uh, alliance reference cards you throw out your alliance promissory note and you give your partner your alliance reference for most of them it's just the same as your what your alliance uh would give Mahawk right. has a special consideration Mahawk is allowed to give an alliance thing it gives access to like the same that you, you have all the powers that uh you, you have the power of your ally or whatever's commander but that's the main thing is all of the commanders start the game unlocked and right. you can think about all of the factions we've talked about in the past where it's like well this ability you're not even in a rush to unlock it because it's really not a big deal versus the factions where we rush to unlock it because it would be such a superpower to like have that from the start of the game uh right. how about that new extra hero that's that's a bad example because you don't the heroes don't start unlocked but like think about the things similar to the extra hero uh the the first thing that comes to mind for me and it's because i played a game with this you you start with nomads commander unlocked right you start with free flagships and your ally starts with free flagships, free flagships yeah. either of you but, both of you can just build your flagship at any time all game long right so if the balance of the game would maybe be off shook by you know you know a good flagship in the hands of the other player then that's going to happen but right. the the good thing is that there's a lot of different interactions like that. So right. hopefully each team will have something interesting going on. Matt, when me and you played, yeah. our first thought was to play Titans and Arborak right. together as a team. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of hilarious because, of course, the uh, Titans commander allows you to uh, receive a trade good every time you produce a unit right. or every time you use production, I right. should say. Right. Um, so each time it's almost like Sarween, right, in yeah. that way for Arborak. Right. Um, because they're producing basically every time they activate um the other thing i guess what you got out of the deal was yeah. that you could produce when someone activated your pds yeah not so great so, it was mostly not an, so great it was ma mainly a goal to enable arborek and and i think the theory tracks you because we're talking about a 14 point game which is when everybody says arborek is is better now we didn't play to the full 14 points so we never got to see that late game arborek power right. come into right. play or whatever but uh that was kind of the and i do think that's the way a lot of these alliances work is actually one of them feeds the other much more than they receive <laughs> right? right i i, I think right. some commanders enable another faction to like think about the sardak 
commander, right? There's some factions that, like, Arborek and Sardak is an interesting combo for oh, yeah. Arborek. <laughs> I think Arborek right. <laughs> has a lot of commanders they can receive that really change their game, but they have nothing to offer in return for that. There's there's not a ton right. of specific commanders that both combo each other in a really, really bold, unique way. It's still easy to imagine a lot of situations where the kind of fundamental normal balance of the game has been shaken, which yeah. is exciting. I mean, right. that's the point of playing Alliance is to get outside the bounds of a normal Twilight Imperium game. Right. Matt, you likened it to Frankendraft earlier in this discussion. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I don't think it's quite that silly. Yeah. It gets it gets maybe sillier than you expect. I feel like I'm a little afraid we're like front-loading this, sure. though in the pitch to talking to people that have maybe never played Alliance mode, mm -hmm. making it sound like it's really over the top. It's it's not quite over the top, but there are a handful of rules that are like pretty buck wild yeah. um, as far as what you can do. Right. But maybe the commander aspect isn't really the most wild aspect yeah. of if anything, the it's Alliance just, rules. It's, it's the part that feels the most Frank and Jeff just in terms of this weird new combo. Like when you take when you get two abilities from two different factions in Frank and draft and, and then become one new faction. It's like, whoa, this is a whole new feeling to it. You're in that direction. But like we said, not every commander is created equally in that front. So it's yeah, it's never like right. off the chain insane what you are capable of doing or whatever. There's also um combinations that can be kind of implied and not just through the commander that yeah. sort of work out like like I was playing an alliance game the other day um, with Kaloon and Carnal where they were playing as the Mentak and the Muat. Mm. Now, at first, that didn't really seem to be that exciting of a combination. Obviously, the Muat commander is pretty solid. Whenever you spend a command token for strategy pool, you get a trade good, and especially starting with that, that's a lot of extra money yeah. for Mentak. Uh, Muat doesn't really get much out of it, but what we kind of failed to realize was that Mentak is one of the only... Um, War Sun factions in the game besides Muat. Yeah. Um, as far as like how capable are they of doing it? How much right. sense does it make for them to do that? Yeah. So it ended up being these two War Sun players <laughs> that were just strong arming the whole table. Yeah. I mean, it was quite magnificent. Right. Um, and it, yeah, it, at one point, Carnal playing as Mentak had control of essentially three slices <laughs> half the table board yeah. wow was just completely under mentac control mm -hmm. um and you know would that have been possible in a regular game no yeah. absolutely not right um was it worth it now yes was it worth <laughs> it then no it wasn't <laughs> but now it's worth it thank you cardinal yeah i just want to say thank you and i appreciate it uh to go over some of the other stuff because uh, hunter was just talking about a, a combo you might be wondering oh can muat give their fires of the gash light to mentech and they just sprint for war sons? yeah no no uh so there are some specific trading rules in alliance mode you cannot um gain trade goods through commodity washes with your ally if you give yeah. your ally a commodity it's like you're just moving the commodity from one commodity bank to the other commodity bank right basically the only use for this is really complicated negotiations where you're trying to you're not neighbors with somebody but your ally is neighbors with somebody and you want to do it's really kind of 
silly uh, that all this stuff is in there, the, the way we think about it. If anything, I would say even more. This is why you should just like play casually and just like trade where it makes sense. I don't know. But the idea is you and your ally effectively kind of like share commodities. And the same thing is right. true of promissory notes. You can give your ally your promissory note, but they can't do anything with it. Right. They cannot right. use any of your abilities. So you can't enable each other in that sort of way. Um, you so, can use agents on each other, though, Matt. Yes. That is important to note. Like, right. that, that is still very possible. But yeah, promissory notes are not going to factor into the alliance combo right. aspect. Right. So. Nomad can't give the cavalry to their ally in every yeah. single combat that they ever take on or whatever. You know, that, that would be a step too far. Um, in addition to all of that, what I think is the main reason people want a theoretical alliance mode is you can share space. You 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 two can have the same units in the same place. Yeah. Your allies' yeah. carriers can transport your units and vice versa. And even stranger, the weirdest rule I think in, in alliance mode is that you can exchange planets exclusively during command counter redistribution. So mostly you can exchange planets in the status phase. But right. you could potentially also do it if you have predictive intelligence or during warfare. Those are two other times where you redistribute your command tokens specifically. So you could like do weird little planet swaps. Yeah. Um, and when Matt says warfare, of course, Matt means the primary of warfare, yes. not the secondary. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so then the other and I think the uh, boldest, scariest part of alliance mode that my head's not even fully wrapped around is the idea that not only are we like sharing spaces and all that when one person takes a tactical action i activate a system in in the intention of going there for a tactical action my ally can also drop a token in that space and do <laughs> movement with me we can just both go there so right. if like if i want to take mechatol rex me and my ally can bring full steam ahead, huge force to take Mechatol Rex, which means right. you look at spaces on the board and important places, some defenses are nowhere close to enough anymore because now you have to prepare for the idea that two full fleets could come in at the same time to take right. whatever you're trying to do. So like in Hunter's example, Mentak and Muat with War Sons, the idea that four War Sons could just appear in a system like right. that's what do you do to that you you there's no there's no solution to that problem really it's it's very hard to find enough fleets to defeat four war sons in a single combat right i haven't seen a whole lot of utilization of the double tactical action mm -mm. thing because what you're doing is you have to have a lot of command tokens because you're basically yeah. giving up the, let's say so it's it's muat's active turn well, Mentak is then spending a token on Muat's turn and then still has their own turn as well. So it's right. like kind of the opposite of, it's very much the opposite of stalling. You're right. basically double activating. Yeah. But when it comes up, it's quite impressive and <laughs> you're going to win that fight. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like two versus one is you're, the two wins yeah all, right. pretty much every time so right. there you go yeah and and so then it makes you think about your very very you know places like i don't know like a hope's end that you need to hold it's like well we both have to hold like me and my ally have to focus defenses on this place because 
alone will not be enough we have to get our stuff there or whatever because because right. that threat is too big it feels kind of like fleet logistics in that way right in, in the way hunters talk about where it like accelerates your whole round you're 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 failing uh to not get stalled out because you're taking too many actions too fast but when you need to do a big bold action that's like what it's there for um right. in addition right. to all of that we kind of glazed over it but like the combats all happen simultaneously it's it's i i think people have seen other games where it's like i'm in an area with two other players i have to do one combat with one player and then i have to do one combat with the other player it's not that kind of a thing nah. it's just nah. every it's a bloodbath everything fights everything uh you can right. have four people in a fight because you can have two allies versus two allies everybody's rolling it's actually one of the simpler things when you try to think about it, it's just like no 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 we just all roll our dice and then we assign our hits as makes sense you know your allies just right. choose there's a funny rule in there that says if the allies can't agree the other person can decide what gets hit or whatever wow uh, i don't know why two allies would be unable to agree what unit to take hit but it's funny that dane thought that that needed consideration <laughs> yeah that's funny that that was put in there but just in case you know he has yeah. a ripcord for like <laughs> You know, if people really are on a team, but they just really do not agree with each other <laughs> at all. Yeah, that's 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 pretty funny. I think one of the reasons that people um, get confused by that, Matt, is that a, a lot of games try to resist not having the players roll an absurd amount of dice yes. at one time. Right, right. And Twilight Imperium already does not care about that. <laughs> So it's already down to be like, oh, yeah, you need to roll like 30 dice. We'll get rolling, punk. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> so absolutely, that's fine. So, of course, in this case, they're going to have two people do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the weirdest rules here are that you treat allies units as if they are your own uh, for the purposes of a lot of things. This is a hard one to, like, define and make sense of. Uh, the the uh, your allies units count as neither your units nor as other players units for the purpose of resolving game effects and abilities right. that's that's the right. sentence make of that what you will this is the part of the rules you're going to run into the most confusion and you just need to treat it a little loose i would say right, uh, right. because what it's referring to is like action cards and stuff can be used but it's like Think, try to think of it the same way where it's like, you can't, uh, you know how tactical bombardment is weird? And it's like, sometimes you can do it, but sometimes you're not allowed to do it because of, like, you can't tactically bombard yourself. You can't right. tactically bombard your ally either. They are not yeah. another player. They they effectively are sort of this nebulous other thing. Um, so you, you there are some things you can target your ally with, and there are some things you cannot. Like Hunter said, you can do, uh, you can do agents if it's another player, but like there are some things that allies units count as not yours or other players, it gets really messy and you just sort of need to play ball with it basically. Right. right. And don't, yeah, don't treat this like regular twilight Imperium where we have this, you know, brain trust of rules, geniuses. And like, we have a whole team of lawyers mm -hmm. working on actually trying, you know, and I mean, there's basically a court at the court system at this point, Right. Um, you can appeal rules. Like, I mean, it's all very, very figured out. Um, that doesn't exist for Alliance. Yep. And, and as maybe it will someday. I don't know. Maybe this this mode just catches fire right. and everybody just wants to play Alliance mode and that's all they want to play and it's all they care about, you know. And then, you know, there are some 
movings moving around in the uh, secret society of twilight imperium <laughs> and we kind of reallocate some of our law uh-huh. resources into yeah. focusing on you know translating this one <laughs> document or perhaps even you know plead with with dane plead with the almighty and mm-hmm. ask for maybe another page of rules <laughs> one more just double double it double the amount and maybe then we'll have solved all these problems uh the last few weird rules are planets yeah, I'll read it because this, this is another the, the abilities and effects section of this rules document is just the weirdest area. It's you pretty can wild. It's buck wild. Yeah, it, it, it feels like something somebody wanted. So yeah. they made it happen. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> your allies planets count as your planets for the purpose of resolving abilities, but you cannot exhaust them and they do not count for other game effects such as scoring objectives or unlocking leaders. It's funny right. that he includes unlocking leaders there when leaders are like your commanders start the game unlocked i don't commanders know what he's already referring to yeah, what, what are you talking about Dan? Yeah. you're talking about the hero we, that, i guess we know what the unlock is for yeah. that it's the yeah. same for everybody <laughs> regardless uh the the idea here is like basically here's here's my example of this i can use my allies planets for certain abilities like i put a space dock i built a space dock on my allies planet and I can use my space dock on my allies' planet. That is allowed, right? Right. But I can't have, uh, I can't, the objective six planets outside of home can't be out there. And I only have four, but my ally has four. Together, we qual- that doesn't count. Us, our wow. collective eight planets is not enough to qualify the conditions of six planets outside of home objective. But you could give your planets to yes. your buddy when you redistribute right. man counters, which, to be honest, Kind of drives me a little nuts. I actually think that's what this mode gets pretty ridiculous is that some of the objectives, especially control objectives, Mm -hmm. become, which it's it's actually kind of sad to me because shouldn't control objectives be like where all the drama is coming from? Yeah, exactly. But it kind of feels like control objectives become a lot easier Mm -hmm. for, you know, each team because they can kind of just distribute them. Yeah. You know how like... In a regular game, you have to make some sort of weird, complicated deal, yep. and then so-and-so forgets you even made a deal or doesn't honor their side of it whenever it's the next round or whatever. There's no risk of confusion of that because it's just so easy to distribute right. your planets between each other. So. Well, like, yeah, the best example is in, in my game, uh, R-Wise and I needed to do the three empties. And it's like the two of us can occupy the same three empty. You know how like in the yeah, three empty scenario, yeah. there's yeah. not enough spaces to go around or whatever. Right. That's right. not the case. Like in a six player alliance game, two adjacent to Mechatol would be possible for every single person to score in a single round. And that's never possible in a normal game because right. two adjacent to Mechatol. Well, two of us can do that in two spaces and there are six tiles surrounding Mechatol. So all of us can occupy all the spaces necessary to accomplish that objective. Everything gets easier in that way. And as is TI's norm, when something can just be done in a weird, easy sort of pseudo negotiated way, it always goes that way rather than <laughs> a conflict or whatever. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. in, in one case, bad. Sar just had to even pick up one of my infantry and take it with them into uh, the empty space. I just have an infantry sitting in empty yeah, space, right, right. and that's qualifying me for three empty spaces, explore deep space. Like, that's that's so weird. I didn't do anything, but I'm going to get that objective. <laughs> right. There's also a lot of, like, um, like, following construction, so you can put a PDS on someone, on, on your allies. 
uh, planet yep. across the board, right? Just so you can later own it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually feel like is I was gonna ask, can you exchange planets even if you don't have any units there? I think you do have to have units there, no, right? You do like, not. You can just swap planets around. No units oh, have to be there. We played that wrong in mm-hmm. my game. That's funny. We were so so you. Well, that's so confusing. Yeah, though. it is. It is. So, uh, hey, you get that's alliance no, mode, baby. <laughs> if there's no unit there, I might be confused as to who has it because the person that has it doesn't have any units on the planet. That's yeah. so strange. Yeah. Control that's markers wild. become wildly important at any given moment. Oh, basically. my God. No. Ew. Yeah. Gross. I know. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Ew. Uh, the, the last rule to cover is, uh, you know how elimination almost never happens? Well, my goodness, it really never happens in alliance mode. A player cannot be eliminated as long as their ally controls a planet. So the only way to eliminate anyone is to eliminate both of the players. Both players. Yeah. Both players. Which yep. can mean really sad things for one person who's effectively eliminated, but like is just building a space dock on an ally's planet and like slowly crawling back into the game. Really, I think this is where alliance mode might get the nastiest because again, if you get a super combo with people with like a lot of money and powerful ships right at the beginning of the game i wonder how easily they could start going on weird a little elimination sprees it's a 14 point game you know what i mean there's time to yeah, do time. this kind yeah. of stuff so right, right. i don't know it, it's a scary it's a scary prospect of what could be done and i would mode. love to see it yeah. i would love to see it show me that make it happen <laughs> yeah. people get um, on it so uh to to come back around to to the to the victory condition of it i i wanted to point out too there's a complicated factor in all of this that we've been talking about with like how easy it is to do some things and uh i I think there's a case to be made for alliance mode where your seating arrangement is incredibly important to the mode's success and there are seating arrangements you can do that i absolutely do not recommend Basically, I think there's only one actual way to play alliance mode when it comes to where people are supposed to sit. Even though there are other options, I don't think you should take them, uh, is is the theory. Right. Um, so the most obvious way to sit is just a- as teams, like where you're just sitting next to each other in your team spot. Yeah. The problem with this is that the entire game becomes a speaker t- token, tempo, yeah. nonsense, trade triangle, Twilight Imperium 3 style, if, <laughs> if the OG homies yeah. are in this week. Um, pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, it's basically not like it's whoever starts with speaker at the beginning of the game. Well, that team is probably going to have speaker for the entire game. Yep. Yeah. Think um, about it. It's, think about all the ways we talk about how hard, like what you do for speaker control before. And now imagine one person is completely embedded in your pocket. Uh, so as long as one of the two of you always takes politics, you can make sure the speaker goes exactly where you need it to go. It's, it's really nasty. Um, just like how, how easy to, I mean, in in my game, that's what Rwise and I were doing. We just had, we Whoa, just had. You, you indulged in that dark art. Yeah, it was, after you just said it was a bad if, idea. If we weren't gonna do it, no, like, well, here's, I'll, I'll get to this point. So, so adjacency, that's what happens with it. The other thing about it is like the sharing of the planets becomes even like more annoying because you're like you're literally just sitting in each other's camps, um, right? And and it's way too easy to just sort of bounce back and forth between each other's stuff. Um, you, you might think like, oh, having like one flank 
secured is like a fun way to play. It's it's not. It's just like you. It becomes even more Cold War. Actually, it doesn't mean you like have this one side of your flank that you can now do a bunch of stuff on. You'll go be really aggressive. I have not found that to be a hundred percent true. I mean, I guess Hunter, you did. You had you had players that were just eating up entire slices. Although we didn't, you, we didn't you were adjacent. We yeah. played we played across the table. We right, played it right. the right way. So let's talk about across the table because that is the right way. Uh, you you sit opposite each other. Uh, in in my game too, we were doing an eight play alliance game uh which means Whoa. across the table is even kind of stranger there's even more options in an eight player scenario but i'm going to talk about like the mixture method in in a second um but across the table is just literally opposite each other i think it's the most interesting way to play because then every time you're doing any sort of system sharing it's really weird right because well mm -hmm. it's, that's all the way over there i don't know <laughs> how and when that's going to be useful to sort of like my overall plastic situation um and so then it feels more like you are playing a, a singular game with kind of somebody on your side but i wonder how much that tracks for you hunter oh it definitely felt like there was plenty of cooperation to be yeah. had i mean that it was a six player game it was not an eight player game so it's not like the universe is gigantic and yeah. like there's i won't be seeing my the player across the table ever um it it uh, and also like so going back to the construction thing you could follow so like let's say let's say you did this you could follow construction and place a space dock yeah. in your friends across the tables system so that if need be you can build ships there right which is pretty cool right um and we definitely indulged in a little bit of that um but yeah, it I don't know. It's it's uh it it feels good because Twilight Imperium is already so focused on just going into the middle anyways and yep. getting on Mechatol Rex that I feel like sitting across the table is all about the kind of king of the hill aspect of the yeah, game. Um, that's cool. And that part I think really shines whenever right. you play that right. way. The two of you are drawn towards the center where everyone else is also being drawn and the battles for yeah. Mechatol Rex actually get much more uh, bold. Yeah, I like that. Right. Um, the, the other option would be like, what we actually tried to do in our game is we just wanted to draft seats. And I was hopeful that we would have kind of like a mix that like maybe one team would end up adjacent to each other, but then the others would be sort of like a mix mash. You can kind of imagine like if we're going around the table, it's like A, B, A, B, C, C or whatever. Like how, how interesting right. and dynamic could that be? Right, right. But guess what? Adjacency is just so powerful that everybody just does that. <laughs> like that is just the best yeah. option to do is become adjacent to your neighbor. You have a protected flank. You maybe get to engage in speaker sh shenanigans. It's just too, uh, you know, enticing to go that route. And I think it just doesn't really work. And also if people did indulge in some like weird mix mash maps, actually all it's going to mean is like some of the people, like the people that are adjacent to each other have an insane imbalance like they're gonna be way more powerful than everybody else without a doubt right yeah i wonder how you would make an a draft work i know or alliance because the fact that you can't really play with the seat aspect anymore mm -hmm. that's like a whole axis of drafting mm -hmm. that we sort of just have to leave out and i don't know what you do with it because seat also determines you know stuff like Speaker order is right. like what we've let seat determine. We've let seat determine like how do you even know like what where your slice is going to end up that you're building? Yeah, I don't know. This feels like going back to caveman times. Yeah. This yeah. feels like 2018. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. Just building I can't a map. Handle this Who would map? do such no. a thing? No, we can't. We're not building a map. <laughs> no, ew, gross, wrong, bad. <laughs> yeah, um, I I do think eight player at least has more 
room for variety here. Um, and, and the other thing within all of this is to think about what you're actually saying an alliance game is. Because to call it eight players, like, well, there's eight people, but it's four teams. And Hunter, you played a six player. That's just three teams. You are allowed to play a yeah. four player game, but that's just two teams. That's a weird dynamic. I mean, when you think about yeah. how weird it is to play three player and four player TI, I mean, plenty of people play four player TI, but they know it feels different than six player. We are sort of inherently doing that when we play alliance mode. In a way, it's just two headed three player. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's three player with where everyone has two heads. Uh -huh. Eight player alliance, that's just two headed four player. Yeah. All right. And like, do you get where I'm going with this? <laughs> like, if there were you knew, you more, I would like to propose. Player, I would no, like to propose. Twelve player. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. You get it would be like two headed six player, oh. which would actually be my preferred. That would be the way to play way to do it and then i'd talk smack on all the other right. player counts <laughs> and, you know? get, and get make people really mad that they don't like your 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 format as much um should we take a quick little break and then maybe we can get more anecdotal and talk about sort of the rest of like just how we feel about alliance mode yeah yeah we, we got some weird ideas for after the break Welcome back. Hello. It's uh, we're still. Oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> hey, welcome back. Hi. We're still. Yeah. We're still keeping it chill here. What's Everything's up? calm. I had to recenter myself. I I noticed the waveform getting a little spiky and a little. Yeah, bigger. it was spiking a little that's, bit. That's not okay. A little bit. We're in a negative ten decibels range today. None of that yeah. negative three yeah. business. Um. Okay. So to get anecdotal, um, I actually played a an async alliance game with eight players that was uh yeah. that was my thing is uh you know uh, the the last one wasn't long enough didn't play a long enough game i need to play an eight player 14 point game for my next async and make sure it takes i mean to be frank with you it's not over yet it's in fact hardly hardly gotten started we're like in round three or four or something i think we're <clears> around <throat> four but a yeah. long 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 ways to go so we haven't even finished this game yet but it seemed like the better uh smoother way to do it and my hope was that in an async setting, if two allies were uh, DMing each other, like whispering each other often enough, that only one of them ever needed to be online to issue each other's commands, right? As long as you're sort of right. keeping an open line of communication. And that has proven to be somewhat true, but also stuff happens all the time. And then one person is like, ooh, I need to check with my ally about this. So it also slows itself down just as often because actually people are trying to make informed decisions with their ally about kind of every single thing and i i don't know that i would encourage everybody to do async alliance mode unless you can all get on the same page of treat it like community plays ti where it's like hey sometimes your ally might do something you did not want them to do and that's silly and fun and ridiculous like that's the right. alliance mode i think you should be doing in async basically well how much did rwise consult you while you were in london uh, uh yeah that. i i mean i gave rwise complete permission to just do anything and everything uh that rwise wanted to do now i was occasion i was on my phone like in the evenings which was conveniently there like afternoons like the rest of the players mm -hmm. afternoons so it actually mm -hmm. like would time out pretty well that i would get at home at the end of each night and be like oh this is just checking on the asic and i could like i could tell rwise some of the things i wanted um so i think it's worked pretty well and and you know rwise is chill enough where when when rwise isn't around i can just sort of issue their commands as well uh so yeah i don't know i i i think it's gone okay but you know 
you see other players wanting to check with their ally quite often and it definitely slows things down a little bit um but it's still fun and i I, i've definitely been enjoying the game um we popped off round one it's an eight player game too so think about the idea that every single strategy card is being picked and we ended up with a funny uh speaker order where r wise is to my left and r wise got speaker which meant i was eighth pick which meant i got imperial but Mm -hmm. we had the clan of sar agent at our disposal between the two of us and i'm nomad so i got gravity drive and a sar agent to take mechatol rex round one and pop imperial and we're playing speaker shenanigans so in round two I had three bonus points, all from Mechatol, and no publics scored. I'm, I'm in the lead at three with all three of those points being custodians and two Mechatol points. That's, that, that's nice. how our game started off. Yeah, that's pretty goofy, Matt. That's pretty aggressive, buddy. Yeah. That's pretty. That's some aggression. Yeah. Right hey, there. guess what? It doesn't feel like we're in a good position to uh, win a fourteen-point game. I'll say that much. All eyes well, yeah. are on us, and and the only thing we have in our in our basket is the fact that we are trying to maintain this speaker control in whatever way we can. It's like the only thing keeping us alive. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and also like your teammates playing as Sar, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Sar is actually not a very wise pick for a fourteen-point game. That like right. Sar in 14 is we've got plenty of time to figure out how to take care of all of your stuff right you know what i mean right most star players you know land at the finish line in a 10 point game you know smoldering right just like on fire going right into the into the dumpster uh-huh. uh with a 14 point length we've got plenty of time to find that dumpster yep. and put sar in there <laughs> um i want to do a quick little async update for myself i haven't been playing an alliance game async um, but my ace is like, I don't know if you remember episode 267, which was called Async TI. Um, it released on October 5th of 2022. Um, we started the Async game before, obviously, because we started it because we wanted to like finish it, um, like, you know, like for the episode. So we, it had been going for any, anyways, we're on, we're on round four. <laughs> Round four, your, and your, uh, your first async game is at the same position that my second async game that is an eight player 14 point game is at. That's uh, yeah, just just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, async's cool though, you know. <laughs> like, I forgot I was playing as Nomad, uh, I forgot what what points are available every day. I forget every day, I forget what points I could score uh-huh. and and which ones I, I, I think I will um and then you know and and we negotiate some stuff there's like negotiations which is kind of hilarious because i also have to remind myself like oh who am i playing who's in the other day i was playing a real life game with brass bird mm-hmm. and then brass bird made a reference to the async game that i'm playing with brass bird <laughs> and i had completely forgotten i thought i was just I, I, apparently brass bird's my best friend because i'm playing i'm playing two games of ti with brass bird at the same time <laughs> Anyways, what was happening? Oh yeah, alliance mode. Uh-huh. So fun. So yeah. so chill. How did so your chill. How did your 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 game uh was streamed? It was kind of a long one, but although for fourteen point, maybe not as long nah, as maybe so I bad. would fear. Yeah. Nah, we got it. We got it done. We 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 were moving at it at a decent clip. Um, the the game was kind of like kind of evolved in a way of like, you know, Brassbird was playing as as Sar and kind of like completely. Uh, lost uh, the plot, you know what I mean? Was just kind of <laughs> stuck in in a handful of asteroid systems, you know, like uh-huh. three essentially. Um, 
and then had like a hail mary shot for victory at the end but Mm -hmm. it was it was just it was going to get crushed because there was just so much raw plastic power coming from the muat mentac team that you know me and uh me and elspeth were playing on a team i was playing as yin and elspeth was playing as the nomad with the idea being oh cool we'll get the huge van on tap you know and just use that to bust things up so funny um the problem is that you only get one huge van and so you can either use it to destroy war sons and then try and frantically rebuild it Mm. uh or you can just leave it at home and i chose to just leave it at home and that was wrong and i want to (laughs) say for the record that was probably the wrong choice Uh uh-huh but I want to say for the record, for the record, I just think the the, the premise was a little bit flawed. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, you've got two two people like that could be coordinating an invasion of your home system. Yeah, they can get around the huge van. There's ways to do that. You know, if you're right. willing to take a few losses, you actually can in, in a in a single player game. If someone tries to take your home system as yin and they're going to have to throw a bunch of plastic mm-hmm. in order to to pop the huge van, well, that might ruin their shot right. because it's just them by their lonesome. Yep. They have to be able to just say, I don't even need any of this. So we can just throw it all away. Right. Um, which is, I think, harder to do when it's just 1v1, v1, 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 v1. Um, this is 2v2v2, you yep. know, which yep. is you got all buddy there basically just saying yeah i can finance your you know just right. whatever throw it all on the track well it's so there easy was a point where towards the end there were players that didn't need to score any more points and we had right. a whole round left right that was crazy that's the weirdest part be- to me is yeah. there's a there's a cool idea here that one person needs 10 points and one person needs 14 points right that i have this theory that oh it would be interesting that like i have leadership i can get to 14 but my buddy doesn't score until the five and they have to get to 10 still, right? That like, oh, it messes up the conventional wisdom of a uh, speaker order in the final round. Except that's not true at all because in an alliance mode where we're trying to get at least one person to 14, like everybody's getting to 10 points. Like everybody's going to figure out how to get to 10 points for the most part. I, I mean, I think in your game, Hunter, like one of you didn't have 10 points in the final round, right? And then even, I think, did Planet Earth get the 10th point within that final round, maybe? I don't know. Regardless, the 10-point thing feels actually like a like a nothing to it. Like, it's like, yeah, we're all, we, we can assume we're going to get 10 points, and it really is just about who's going to get that 14th point. And so that's the part that I just think feels off about the game mode, is the 10-point condition doesn't really matter outside of, like, those pseudo-eliminations that can occur. Yeah, it... It's the one part of the game that feels a little bit like I'm not really sure that that it's achieving the desired effect there. But yeah. I don't know, like, I, I'd be really curious to know what, what drove them to make that decision versus mm-hmm. it just being everyone, whoever gets to, you, both players get to 10 and then right. you win. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think Dane just wants everybody to play 14 points. Because <laughs> in POK, he put a thing in there that was like, 14 point is the is the POK way to play. And everyone was like, ha, nah. Uh, nah. And uh, Alliance Mode just feels like the same thing where I'm just like, I would actually just rather try to get both of us to 10 points. I think that might be, I mean, it'll definitely be faster and, and maybe even more interesting because then, it, it you know, it's going to make like a round five scenario like really weird, huh? Because like, yeah, both of us have to get that. Then that thing I was describing does become a thing where it's like our speaker order is awkward 
because especially if we're across the table from each other, like we didn't get to just choose the one and the two probably. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I got to get myself to 10, but I need the, the follow up to be early enough in the order that they also get to 10. And then like, I don't know, forcing the round six becomes more commonplace because we're actually denying points and stuff. I, I would like to try it with just a get both of you to 10 rather than 14 points. But I, I, that's also part of me just thinking the 14 point game is sort of fundamentally weirder and something I don't like because I don't like most of the two pointers. Basically, I don't like two point objectives. And so then the whole game gets kind of awkward uh, across the board when I have to score a bunch of two point objectives. I don't know. Yeah, Matt. Well, how about this? I got an idea. What if just one person Whoa. gets to 10 points <laughs> and that's we're just kind of racing uh -huh. and we go as fast as we possibly can <laughs> to just get the one person boosted up it's really dirty yeah it's really nasty well it's whatever we got to do to get just one one person can just ditch yeah, points that's yeah, what yeah. i want to do that's cool because well here's the thing is i i do like that because i think round one is so easily off the chain for so many faction combos that the game is already like it feels extremely accelerated so the idea right. that in the 14 point game it's like accelerated and then it slows down in the middle and then like the last round it might pick back up again but it's like what if it was just heightened high octane action like for the whole six hours that you play and then it's just like over so fast yeah that's what that's what i think yeah. would be interesting is variants of the game where we're trying to speed up the game time as much as possible yeah because we're at no risk right now the game being too fast. So we, we, we may as well risk it being too fast. Right, right. And then pull it back from there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's some validity to the idea that, like, what, why are we so afraid of having a, I don't know, like a four-hour game? Let's, I mean, can we at least see what that feels like and then decide if it's too much? And we could, yeah. you know, you can, we can always go backwards. But there's no need to just force a 14-hour-long game. Let's just try it out because it might still see, feel uh, sufficiently epic. Yes. You know, well, even especially at... because Alliance mode is so combo right. of powers. Like there's this, it already has this heightened like level of thematics going on because two factions, I mean that because of that Franken drafting. I mean, again, we, we talked about Franken draft earlier, but like the idea that Franken is fun for about an hour while you do the draft and think of the first round and then it, and then it just stops being like, particularly interesting it's it falls back into being you know your standard game of ti but it's like all of the dream is in that like who knows what the heck this monstrosity is i think alliance mode has a bit of that at the beginning of the game and yeah just getting one person to 10 would be pretty crazy i mean i'm looking at my game right now again with the sitting next to each other controlling speaker stuff it's it's gross, man. It's gross what you can do. And that's it's uh, it's funny behind the scenes. Hunter and I uh, stopped recording at some point and started recording again days apart. See if you can guess when. Uh, but I now have been uh, trounced <laughs> uh, carnal and clue and are at it again, Hunter. And our wise and I are people getting... <laughs> letting them play together. Why do they get to play together? <laughs> they are slamming us into the corner. Uh, they've just jumped all over our stuff and are destroying all of our units. I mean, Sar had a Sarball, and Sar is Sarball no more <laughs> because wow. they're just jumping into it. And it was it's a Sarl doing the most of the... Like, somehow, Sarl just has so much plastic, and none of us 
you know, decided that that was going to be a problem. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So Arwise and I feel like we have absolutely no shot anymore, despite like being in the running with points. But it's like, I don't know, man, we're we're very quickly running out of units to, to accomplish anything with, especially two pointers. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> how how dare the two of them? They should they have to be stopped. Um, perhaps, Matt. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk about your your weird idea you've been cooking up as sure. an option that sure, sure, sure. you haven't really tested? Yeah, we yet? got we got a couple things we want to try. Uh, in addition to just like what about just one person getting to ten points? I posit this, and I wish I had been able to to test this, uh, but just wasn't able to make streams work yet. Maybe very soon though, I'll still make this happen. But um, here's the thing: we talked about earlier at ad nauseum the idea that uh. Uh, you know, the the eight-player game is just a four-player game. The six-player yep. game is just a three-player game, which yep. begs the question, if the four-player game is just a two-team or, dare I say, two-player game, have we not then solved the idea of maybe just having two-player TI? We've seen a number of homebrews that sort of, just for people who want to casually try it out with their partner or or something like that, or introduce their children. I've seen that with 1v1, where it's like a, a mom introducing their kid to TI, just in sort of a basic way. Obviously, it's not going to have the same politicking of a six-player game. We should not expect that sort of thing on it. But I think that Dane gave us 1v1 TI. Like, we just have that now because I could just play as two factions at once. I could be my own two-headed ogre and play two factions against you playing two factions. And we can just do a quick little 1v1 of Twilight Imperium. I don't know. Is that so crazy? It's not crazy at all. I think it sounds great. Um, also, kind of side note, Matt, have you ever noticed that, like, sometimes you talk a little bit like Captain Kirk? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, ha you have noticed that? Is that your... <laughs> Cause it's like it's like the the drama in your voice uh -huh. when you're describing. Dare stuff. I You'll say? Like, maybe. Dare perhaps we, we say <laughs> that that a six player game is also a three player game. <laughs> yeah, I think I know that about myself. I think I, I think I'm comfortable with it. You're just kind of Goblin Kurt. It's kind of like your your general voice tone of like you know Goblin uh -huh. like Pirate Kirk is oh, yeah. kind of like your general vibe. I like um, that. Yeah, but yeah, you should you should tr try your one v one idea. I think it would be. I mean, there's. Hey, I'm. There's two of us. Do yeah, I asked you to play, and you said I don't think you and I should do that together. Actually, well, we could. We don't have to stream it. Maybe yeah, it yeah. could just be just just we do that, just and we for can fun. stop at any time. Yeah, you know, if if it's getting if somebody needs a break, we can just we can just stop. You know. Yeah, I uh, I I also think it's maybe something for like. Like the Celia's and Jahan's of the world. Like if Jahan wants to really learn that Celia can crush him at any time in TI, right. you know, that right. they can just play 1v1 together. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting variant because obviously there's absolutely no politicking, right? You're going to just sort of trade yeah. commodities back and forth to give each other money. There's no reason to give each other promissory notes pretty much of any kind unless it's like, I don't know. I'm Jolnar, and I just want us to both have tech for some reason. It doesn't really make any sense, but I'm interested in what happens in a 1v1 game with no other wacky... Because I think all other 1v1 homebrew has to introduce a bunch of really strange things to sort of justify itself. And I don't know if those things are necessary or not. I've never played 
any like the princess variant or any of the other 1v1 mods out there um so obviously it's not a diplomatic game it's really just gonna be a a plastic cruncher but i kind of think alliance mode lends itself to that anyways because you're already reducing the numbers of teams or whatever there's there's very rarely as much negotiation possible because you got one person just in your camp able to help you score stuff so i right. I, I think the whole variant lends itself to the idea of 1v1 anyways yeah but I, I, at the same time the 1v1 aspect of it sort of takes a little bit of the charm of having to deal with a teammate yeah. you know like yeah because having to sort of get a game plan together i think is what makes it goofier whereas right. the 1v1 sounds it almost it sounds a little too serious almost yeah. no but. i think that's true of any 1v1 i mean that's why i don't really play 1v1 games like i don't play chess because it's like it always comes down to too much like perfect math against each other or whatever i mean it's, mm -hmm. it's i don't know i i can't get into those kinds of games in general uh for that reason of it just becomes so serious it becomes so heads down just just get the plastic where it needs to be or whatever uh that right that i can't keep up yeah i love the idea of a of a 1v1 very casual game mm -hmm. um but i feel like alliance mode being the 1v1 is almost the opposite because it's saying here's double the stuff to right. think about That's can true. you fit all this in your brain <laughs> um, can your combo be more ridiculous than my combo right. let's find out yeah. you know it it's a little too much of that yeah um we also wanted to talk about uh, sort of pitch and idea that we have mm -hmm. uh, for an event that we, I don't know if we'll have time to do, Matt, I, I want to say for yeah, the yeah. record, but right. I hope we could do this. I think we can if we keep it, uh, uh, it, uh, it <laughs> isolated to i don't know it might be like a one weekend thing or something hard to say exactly but we we've been talking with some some of the weird bears in the weird bear channel about the idea of like a well first off we want to do another charity thing charity weekend charity stream something it'd just be fun mm -hmm. to, to, to to do some charity stuff and uh i think the wackier stuff fits charity things better because everyone's just in a good mood just trying out stupid things and right. I think we've been leaning into the idea of like perhaps a, a weird bear tournament or series of matches or whatever that are all alliance mode. I think we added some other ideas into it, though. Uh, I do. I can't even remember all of the things we were. I know I wanted to maybe just go ahead and include Absol's agendas into it, which right. is a, a homebrew we did recently, which is a very, very light homebrew where Absol just rewrote basically the entire agenda deck. That sounds like a lot, but obviously, I mean, I mean, how, how many agendas do you see per game? It, in game, it feels like not that many things uh, are being added, but what Absol's agendas do is really raise the stakes of the agenda phase to where um, now, you know, you've got you've got a game with SAR in it, and we're all thinking about SAR. That's interesting. But then the first agenda phase happens, and we give some insane superpower to another faction, and it's got, like, lots of weight to it. Now the whole game is thinking about that agenda. That's kind of the way Absol's agendas work, where it's like, instead of my recent battle to like figure out how to change the pace of the game a little bit via like i don't know what if we what if we change how we deal out objectives 
Absol's uh, introduction to that is to just say, what if the agendas completely shifted the balance of the game at all moments? And every time you get a new agenda, you have to seriously reconsider how you're going forward in the game. And I think that's a goofy, fun introduction. There was something else we talked about, though, uh, to also include into this Weird Bear tournament. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think really the point of it is that ever since we hit 36 Weird Bears... yeah. Um, we have been able to do a tournament at any time that we want. Um, what I'm realizing about Alliance Mode is that the tournament is... Because two people advance. Because you advance as a team. Yeah, yeah. Because you win. Right. I don't know how that works for a tournament structure. I guess maybe the tournament is half. Half? I mean, three games? Yeah, it's just... To one that, game? That's why I'm saying is I think it could fit in a single weekend. Because, yeah, if, if you're doing six-player games with a team of a third of those players moving on. Yeah. You do three games to get three teams into a finals of just a final, a final thing there. I think that, I think that makes sense. You could also, I mean, you could do an eight player thing, but I was about to say, you could do four games leading on yeah. to a one game. <sighs> I think that's I pretty, know. I mean, I, I think it would depend on basically how many weird bears we can get into it. Um, and I, I think having uh having set teams is also just a really fun idea for a tournament right like having having these <laughs> having these actual teams being something people are rooting for uh like your carnal kaluan although i think hunter we've decided they're banned for, I, I don't know i think that carnal and kaluan now have to be a team in a in a weird bear <laughs> well yeah so here's what we'll do matt i mean we don't you know you feel free to cut this but what we could do is just kind of juice them up a lot on the podcast so that they <laughs> so fail it, you know like what we've done of, with a lot of the uh -huh. players that we agree to do that with yeah um, is to just talk them up a lot on purpose so that they can't win uh games anymore yeah um, because we are we're cruel um uh, people <laughs> anyways cut this part they don't need to know that yeah we're yeah they don't need to know and, we're doing and, that. and evil yeah we they don't need to know that we're cruel, oh evil. here's here's what the other idea was uh was to curate come up like with custom uh homebrew alliance objectives that are with alliance mode in mind i think that's basically an alternative to only one person has to get to 10 points. I think you can do either or where it's just like, let's just play the extremely sped up version, which uh, I'm kind of in favor of, especially for trying to fit five ish games into a weekend. But the alternative is like, what if we change the scoring to be in the theory that we know you're going to like be sharing planets and all those issues we talked about earlier, right? Where it's like, some things are just too easy in Alliance mode. Like what if we just changed the stage one objectives to be, one and a half times bigger than everything you were trying to do before or whatever. Yeah, like rewrite the are you saying to rewrite the objectives yes. to ask them to do you a little to do a little more? Yeah. That is? Yeah. Um I, I think even in our discussion of it, Alice suggested curating the objectives, just making sure some of them aren't in there, which is another uh, uh theory yeah. to it. I think I think changing the scope of what you are trying to do in alliance mode is the right move because I do think it demands way too much time as written uh, because of yeah. just how big the game is as a 14 point thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, well, I'm really excited about doing that. Um, we don't have any like dates or anything. This yeah. is just like, I, hopefully it would be something that would happen in December. Maybe it would get kicked to January, but if it got kicked to January, then yeah. it would be uh, also a part of like while we're doing our tournament right if it gets uh, kicked to january, january it actually gets kicked to like 
may or june or something i don't know <laughs> well, right it's 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 tough to say with that kind of a thing although i don't know things things could happen like while the qualifiers are ongoing but that yeah that feels pretty bold <laughs> so i don't know uh but again if it's if it's just like a if it's just a one person gets the 10 points you could see four hour long games and if that's the case like it could be you know four or five very fast alliance games in a single weekend in december i, I think that actually sounds possible although we're already running out of weekends in december <laughs> to accomplish things because it looks like the invitational tournament is bleeding pretty heavily into december itself so uh, right. uh yeah we we haven't really been talking about uh invitational dates yet because they're not fully set in stone yet but it looks like the invitational is going to take three weekends uh in two weekends in november and then the first weekend of december will be all the semis which means then the finals of the invitational is something like the second weekend of december and guess what Ooh. that's half of december <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's like other stuff that happens in december too like um the holiday spectacular yeah which of course we don't do anymore unless <laughs> unless we are unless hunter gets a wild hair up his butt and decides he's gotta he's gotta try again maybe this time it'll work <laughs> I, I mean, I have gotten some interesting people to sign on for uh -huh, it, uh -huh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten some good yeses thus far. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe maybe, maybe the stars will align uh -huh. and that will happen. Who Man. knows? Who knows? I mean, we can't say for sure. Yeah. I'm scared of the idea of another holiday spectacular, but <laughs> so you're saying there's a... What's the Tobias Funke? <laughs> but maybe it'll work for us. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll be different or whatever. Yeah, we will be. Yeah. It'll be different this time. I mean, listen, Matt, it's been a weird time yeah. of history to live it's through. True. The last, I would say, normal holiday spectacular was 2019. Yeah. Was the 2019 uh, holiday spectacular. Wow. So that's been a long time from now. Yeah. Um, and we're both very different people than we were then. <laughs> Um, and you know, maybe we've changed yeah. for the better in that we can maybe you handle say that, it now. You say that as a very hopeful thing. <laughs> maybe Matt will chill a little bit. <laughs> no, maybe listen, maybe listen. we have changed, Matt. <laughs> maybe there's things we could do though. Maybe, you know, like maybe perhaps, perhaps we'll just sit up maybe beanbag chairs this time. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like that. The that, beanbag spectacular? The that bean sounds delicious. Yeah. You're right. You, You're you saying that for the safety of everyone in the room. Uh, for the safety of the chairs, yeah. Matt, yeah. so <laughs> that they are safe. You know, I mean, like a beanbag chair, you can break it, but you're just going to get beans all over the floor. You know what I mean? That's all. So. <laughs> the bean spectacular. Well, okay. Uh, to wrap up Alliance Mode, hey, it's cool. It's, it's, it's not your... It's not your go for broke TI, or dear God, it shouldn't be. Take, take it chill, and maybe we can do a Weird Bear tournament to, to showcase how stupid... Uh, it all really can be. I definitely want to try 1v1. Definitely want to try the race to 10. Uh, but but yeah, I don't know. Hunter, what's your final what's your final take on alliance mode? Did you like it? Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's an interesting break from regular TI. Um it's it's a goofy alternative that is, I would say, not uh not too goofy. And I think if people played it a lot. Um, there could be maybe a a kind of a a, a home brewed yeah. uh, serious serious person's list of rules right. basically. And I, I think it could be meta. edited. Yeah, it could be edited into something um, really interesting that feels uh, very solid. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. 
I think it's worth uh, trying that too, because I think there's people that make really good pairings. And I just think that's an interesting thing to see more of, of people, you know, yeah. I, I want to see the teams formulate. So I don't know. So, so look for more, more of that in the future. I, I, I think we're both taking a break ourselves from specifically, although I'm, I'm playing a 14 point game probably until the new year because of this uh, ongoing async uh, version of it. So I'll be doing that till I die maybe. Uh, but at this point, I'm barely playing it because I'm just hanging on by a <laughs> by the by the, like the skin of my neck. It is it is not looking good for the nomad with four custodians points uh, over here. You know, it's gonna get rough. Uh, hey, I want to thank our weird bears: Big Al, Cappuccino, Squeamish, Emu, Brasper, Brian, Clue, and Carnal John. Necro dies twice. Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, Rwise, and Wecker. And I gotta thank Mama's lovely larva. Patience is a virtue. My son is also named Bort. Nerfzerg, Baldric, Tautology is what it is. Frank G, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, General Pith, Uncle Baddy, Savant, and Teddy's Jam. For you. In terms of the Homebrewers Guild, I have kind of maybe good news, which is that my weekend, this coming weekend, as you're listening to this episode, opened up a little bit, and I am going to make a strong effort to make a game happen on Saturday, and I would still like to play that General Pith rework uh, that we've been talking about for a few weeks now. So if you're listening to this and you're a part of the Homebrewers Guild, go check out the Discord and see if a game has uh, formulated at a certain time. You know, roughly, I'm going to call it 10 a.m. Central on Saturday. I'm trying to make that happen. So please, uh, please come check that one out. We're just going to we're going to try some more little subtle reworks of things to try and shake up agendas or objectives or whatnot and, and see what lands. Uh, so so come see that this this weekend, which is, I think, November 5th. Is that right? November 5th, yep. roughly 10 a.m. Central. Let's talk about Galactic Council. We're going to do things a little bit differently for the next Galactic Council polls. Um, in celebration of December, we decided to give you two polls here in November for two episodes that will come out in December. Um, there's kind of a thematic thing thing happening here. I'm sure you'll be able to kind of figure out what it is. For this first poll... We're going to propose uh, four options for you. They kind of have a connected theme. Um, the first option uh, for poll number one is that me and Matt improvise another Twilight Imperium homebrew faction. Uh huh. Again, we do it. We do it one more time. Yeah. This time, under the idea that it won't be silly. <laughs> the first time we did it, it was silly. Uh huh. This time, maybe the idea will be that it won't be silly. Now, that's not an explicit promise. Yeah. In that... I guarantee like, nothing. We, we guarantee nothing. But I think we make an earnest attempt at improvising a real... Yeah. A real faction. Right. You know, instead of Meriwether's Post Pavilion. I always forget <laughs> that was the name. That was easily one of the strangest moments of my life was, <laughs> Matt, when you were like, we should call it Meriwether's Post Pavilion. <laughs> All right. Second option. Uh, me and Matt improvise a new relic deck. So this is just me and Matt sitting here coming up with a whole new deck of relics yeah. that will perhaps be played with in the future. Who knows? Or maybe never spoken of again because right. they might be bad. This one was kind of my idea because it's, you know, Hunter always sort of maligns the value of the relic deck. My, my goal with this would be to make a relic deck to make Hunter want to go for relics. What, but without being like overly power just like giving nasroka the game or something stupid i don't know maybe that's impossible maybe maybe the problem is nasroka is too relicky to make the relics too good but uh yeah. I, I just want to see if we can 
really shake up the idea of what a relic is uh, and, and see where that gets us. Yeah, absolutely. For the third option, uh, we do a Codex 4 wish list where we ask, we beg Dane for another Codex. There's been three Codexes thus far. We would like there to be another one. So we're going to explicitly ask Dane to give us another Codex. And we're not even just asking for one in the abstract. We're going we're gonna to tell Dane what we want in it because <laughs> we're needy babies. Yeah, we'll just design um, it for Dane and, and put it on his desk. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. no. We, it is not going to be designed. It is going to be a list. <laughs> proposed. Of the, of, yeah, yeah, no, it's not, not a proposal. It is a list of demands. <laughs> we demand these things for Codex 4. Uh-huh. And then, you know, and then Dane will design it. Sure. You know, yeah. we'll do the work right. of the, the, the grammar and assembling the words and, you know, thinking about whether it would be a good idea or not, which we do not do on this show. <laughs> um, last option, uh, me and Matt pitch a new board game set in the TI universe. We just like kind of sit down yeah. and try to see if we can entice Fantasy Flight to commit plagiarism. That's the kind of <laughs> goal here. And then lawsuit time. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? Right. We're going to mail this podcast yeah. to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going to get it notarized. It's going in the mail. You know what I'm saying? This is how we make the big bucks. Is, is this is how we start. make the... If, if Hunter and I just start making enough claims about intellectual property of our own, at, at some point, someone's going to trip up and use too much of our stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if we just... If we put enough ideas is on paper we're gonna bill gates it right we're gonna brute yeah. force our way through and come up with a million patents so that someone accidentally breaks one of them yeah absolutely i've always wanted to get rich really slow and really <laughs> annoying that's always how i've said it i want that get rich slow annoying scheme in yeah. here okay so that was your first poll all for all four options obviously the theme there is Twilight Imperium, but we're kind of doing some make em ups with it. Yeah. Here's your second option. Um, this is your second poll, I should say. Uh, none of these options are Twilight Imperium at all. Uh oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're just asking you about other games that we will play yep. and talk about this holiday season. Yeah. Um, both, both of these episodes will be, you know, voted on this month of November and then presented to you in December. Um, but here are the games um, that we are thinking about playing. They are all science fiction strategy games. Yeah. Okay. So that's, you know, kind of the connective tissue of it. So first up is Sidereal Confluence. Whoa. Which is a game that involves supposedly a lot of negoci negotiation. Ooh, no, I like how um, you were about to say it. Negotiation. I, I, <laughs> listen, I... I haven't been awake very long, all right? Um, we're we're going to find out, you know, if this game is is worthy of that Twilight Imperium comparison as far as negotiation goes. I actually think it's uh, probably much better than Twilight Imperium when it comes to negotiation, <laughs> but that's just because that's what my gut says. Yeah. Um, I have never played Sidereal Confluence. Neither have it I. is the only one of these options that I have not played at all. Mm -hmm. So it would be very interesting, and you'll be getting a very... Um, you know, a very fresh uh, take from Hunter the two of us. dropped a nuke on this one because Sidereal Confluence, if you've ever kept up with the Galactic Council, has has long been a uh, 
like desired outcome for there have been many sure. a, yeah. a, a alliance formed over trying to get sidereal confluence played so we're going to see if these other three options can stop the beast basically yeah so your second option is dune we go back to the gale force nine mm -hmm. uh dune game that was released a couple years back um it was our original game two that yeah. is a, a game we talk about that isn't twilight imperium mm -hmm. um it would be cool to play it again it would be cool to see how the rules have maybe advanced if 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 the community has been able to kind of fill the gaps yeah. and kind of correct sort of what we didn't like about it which was all these moments where it felt like the rule book would kind of let us down and feel like we were kind of lost in the desert yeah um a little bit there um Third option is a game that's not even out yet, <laughs> but ARCS, yep. the upcoming uh, science fiction uh, light strategy game from Leader Games, um, has had a new uh, release. There's a new kit out for it. Right. Um, as far as I know, lots of things have changed with the game, mm -hmm. and it will be really cool to play it and kind of, you know, get adjusted to the new style of it. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with the game at all, um, there's a lot of really great stuff you can check out uh, on Leader Games. Uh, there's been developer diaries related to it. Yep. Um, we have actually done a video on YouTube of playing it. Yep. However, the version of the game that we played Quite is uh, out of date now. Yeah, um, yeah. We also did an interview with uh, Cole not too long ago talking a little bit about it. But yeah, this this is effectively, according to Leader Games, this is sort of the last a uh, big milestone version of small arcs is what they used to call it. Uh, but, but effectively the arcs without the campaign, there are sort of two branches right. of arcs. There's just the, like, this is a stable construct of a game that you play in one session for a couple hours. And then you have your ostensibly three, three game structure. Who knows if they're going to still keep to that, but we haven't gotten the like big campaign mode yet, whatever that's going to end up looking like. So this is supposed to be the sort of stable version of quote unquote, small arcs. It's called arcs kit B. If you want to find it on leader games website to, to play it yourself, there's a print and play and a TTS mod available. I don't know if they ever kept up with the TTPG mod or not, uh, but we'll, we'll find that out. But yeah, I, I mean, I love arcs and would love to play more of it to get my head wrapped around where the game is at this point. Yeah. I, I hope that I like the kit B release because I liked where the game was already at, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that might be a little weird. I, I find that, like, it, it is always kind of heartbreaking to play a game as it's being, yeah, developed, yeah. because you might be attached to an idea that gets dropped, and I'm sure it gets dropped for a very good reason. I mean, they're right. spending a lot more time with this game. If they say something should be dropped, they're probably right, and not me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm just playing it a few times. Yeah. But, I, you know, I just get excited about an idea, and then sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't make it in there. But anyways, it would be really interesting to see what has been uh, what has been cut, what has been kept, yeah. and uh, what arcs uh, is going to look like. Your final option uh, is... An option here, I would say, in spite of the fact that recently on this show, we have expressed that this is perhaps, this game is perhaps not a good fit for our show. <laughs> um, in spite of, I mean, I was outvoted. Matt was like, we are absolutely putting this on the poll. He could uh -huh. not be stopped. I could not talk him down. You know, he had Captain Kirk voice on and everything. <laughs> um, Cosmic Encounter is your <laughs> last 
option. Yeah. Um, with with the attached question, how do we cover this game? Mm-hmm. Um, it, because we don't know. Uh, we're not sure how we would talk about Cosmic <laughs> Encounter in the scope of our show. I mean, we could do. You know, we've already done strategy guides for Dune. Yeah. Uh, Arcs doesn't really have like faction abilities, right. but it it does have specific. You know cards that we could look at where it feels worthwhile yeah. to know like what those cards do and how they're going to come up again yeah the Dereal confluence i'm sure probably can be edited to kind of fit our format yeah cosmic encounter is just a giant box <laughs> of specific abilities uh-huh. that you are probably only meant to play with like one time right so how am i going to write you a guide to playing as you know this one faction, if you probably should never play it again, you should probably play a different one next time. And that faction dingus. only makes sense in context with the other factions at the table, too. Like, you only right, play yeah. that faction uh-huh. this way because that faction is in the game or whatever. So right. I, I don't even know what a Cosmic Encounter episode looks like. So if you want to force us to find out, that's that's where your vote should go, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. So there are your two options. You get two polls. It's my little, our, our, our little holiday gift to you mm-hmm. um, is these two polls. Pick, uh, you know, whatever you want for each. We're going to do one weird TI episode. We're going to do one non-TI episode yep. coming to you in December. Yeehaw. Hey, you can rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to it, and it gives us a little algorithmic boost, and uh, that helps because computers are fun. Hey, you can also go to spacecatspeaceturtles.com for information about our Patreon so that you can join at the Galactic Counselor level and become a part of the 2023 Patreon tournament. Uh, If you join this month in November, right now, you will get your invite the first week of December to be a part of that tournament. You can also find information about our Twitter, our Discord, our merch, all of our stuff on that website. And you can send us this Imperium Life slash Play of the Week stories to SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles at gmail.com. Um, Matt, I, I assume we don't have we don't have a Play of the Week for I this don't week, have right? One. Yeah, you I don't got one. I wish, you know what I want is some Alliance Plays of the Week. That's, that's why we got to get this episode out there is to boost people up to play more Alliance games so that we get wacky Play of the Week stories here's my play of the week it's just reiterating the story from earlier i'm in an alliance game where i have four bonus points in round let's start around four i'm freaking out i'm i'm getting punched in every part of my body as nomad the mask has been dented into my forehead because of how hard i'm getting hit over here because i stupidly went out and got four bonus points uh right away i have one public objective scored i think i'm about to get a second public objective scored they're not letting me do public objectives all i get are mechatol bonus points that's it that's the only oh, thing i'm bo- allowed to score for the rest of the game boo hoo boo hoo <laughs> all you have are all these points and none of them are the you know worst points in the game you know the public objectives the ones that are just the lowest of value uh-huh. that you could possibly have. <laughs> um, I got a little bit of errata here from last week's episode. It's Ooh. fun to maybe do a little throwback moment. Mm. I just want to say I got called out um, by my son is also named Bort. Um, that apparently last week when we were doing the Nalu guide, I said that the zoo, the agent, I said zoo can't be used in a non-home system. Mm-hmm. And uh, which w- would mean that it only is too negative. No, hold up. It's double negative. That would mean it can only be used in home systems, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Can't 
non can't not can't non yep can't can't not can't equals not. can <laughs> well can't not means in this case can only yeah correct right so right. I, and i just want to say that um that was just a you know it was i was not misspeaking no. i was misreading <laughs> and then misunderstanding and then misplaying and then all the people i played with also misplayed is what happened there that's what happened um, so real sorry about that, goof em up. Thank you for keeping me honest. My son is also named Bort. Um, the the real goof em of that week was me completely talking about Betrayer Friend backwards <laughs> in, in respect to Nalu. Already a th- an argument that didn't need to be made about why you should or shouldn't ever give out Gift of the Prescience. And I said it backwards because it's the idea that someone could try to score Betrayer Friend against Nalu over and over again. And I think I was wording it as though Nalu could give Gift of the Prescience to someone and then try to score Betrayer Friend over Betray and over friend. again. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah But that yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense because that's not how that works. Uh, right. I hate words. Uh, that's all it is. It's just I hate words words are stupid so it's a, it's a weird uh, yeah. board game full of words and i don't like words so what am i supposed to do yeah well matt i do want to let you know you have chosen a career path that does involve almost entirely words oh, um no. so just so you know we've been doing words here now well, yeah. we're doing words we're doing right words. now matt. well the difference is we're not reading words and we're, reading words is a whole other thing than just saying words we've established i have a strange history with words and their usages i can say whatever words i want and then it's just behind me it's in the past the word i used whether appropriate or not for the for the sentence who cares right who, who cares if the word grammatically or phonetically or functionally makes any sense it's just the thing that i said right it, it there's there's no need but when a word is on paper it is cemented in time and uh can be wrong but i can't be wrong yeah. if it happened earlier that's why we do this is we're we we could it would be a lot easier for people if we just wrote all these things down instead <laughs> of making it a podcast but if we wrote it all down, then you could say that we were wrong without us being able to say, no, we actually misspoke or <laughs> actually the, the microphone failed and there was some sort of miscommunication between the art. It got garbled by the computer. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's there's always, you know, we're never really wrong. We're just like, there's been a malfunction somewhere. Exactly. Whereas I, if I just write down my ideas, well, then they can really be challenged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we are, let me promise you this. We're never going to be one of those podcasts that decides to write some book or something, right? I mean, we're not going to be writing a book, right? I mean, you're not going to be participating in National Novel Writing Month, are you, Matt? I mean, you shouldn't be I, writing your words down, right? I, I, I'm going to participate in National Novel Writing Month Wait, as a... You're a as you, a, you just said hey, you don't want to write your words I down. Know. I'm not writing things that matter down. I'm just going to... I just need to... I just need to... I don't know. I just want to write... Why do I want to write things? It doesn't make any sense because it goes against my entire shtick. Uh, so, well, here's the, here's the actual trick is the things I want to write down are only meant to be spoken. I will not share the text Whoa. with other people. I will only Whoa. share the vocalization of the text. And then it becomes a part of the past again. So, how are you going to participate in National Novel Writing Month if you're, instead of writing a novel, you're writing like a oral tradition style story thing? Just Whatever. like what that. that even you, just, you just said it. You just did it. It's a spoken... It's not even going to be a novel. Uh, I, might, I might write... I might write a thousand words and be like, yeah, that was good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that was good enough for me.
Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>